This is week three of a series called Will is Want, and we've been asking the question, what is God's will for your life? Uh, it's a typical church question, uh, and, and I've asserted that you can know at all times what God wants from you. And, and uh, even though the Bible doesn't use the phrase, God's will for your life is very often, uh, that's not a, a common phrase, maybe a dozen times, uh, the Bible is full of examples uh, and, and stories and, and statements about what God wants for us as, uh, as people, uh, as believers, and, and as individuals. And, and if you take time to look at the, uh, the Bible and, and what it says about uh, what God wants for the world and for believers, the church, right, and, and for individuals, uh, it, it, it becomes much clearer what God actually wants for us and, and from us. Does that make sense? And, and so we've been looking at this, this idea that, that God's will is really a of what God wants. And tonight, I'd like to uh, do the final section of, uh, of this series, uh, what does God want from me? And, and so we looked at this idea that, man, God talks a lot about what he wants for, for all people. And, and that's good news because if you know what God wants for all people, then you know at least in part what he wants for you because you are people. Uh, close, good. Uh, you are people, right? So if you know what God wants from from all people, then you know in part what he wants from you. And we, we talked about this idea that God wants for all people uh, to belong to his family. And, and, uh, and so, uh, so that was the first, the first week. And so uh, God wants to spend time, uh, us to spend time in his family. The second thing is uh, we looked at what God wants for all believers. And, and ultimately what God wants for all believers is that, that they would become mature and complete, lacking nothing. Now, wouldn't that be neat, right, if you were mature and complete and you didn't lack anything, right? That would be pretty cool. But, uh, but it's a process getting there. Ultimately, God wants us to become something new, something different, something uh, complete. Uh, and, and, um, and tonight, we're looking at uh, this, this third idea, uh, what is God's will for me? Uh, and uh, and the, the big idea for tonight is that God's will for you is that you would be free to decide. Now, uh, uh, when, uh, when we ask the question, what is God's will for me, usually we're, what we're, we mean is, what, what should I do in a specific situation? I call these fork in the road moments. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's when you have uh, uh, two, two options and you're not sure uh, whether you should go left or right. So uh, fork in the road moments are, are things, and, and usually the, 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 these fork in the road moments are difficult because we know that they'll change the course of our life for years uh, to come. And so uh, these decisions include things like deciding on a college. Should I go to college in town uh, or out of town? Should I uh, decide uh, to move out or live with my family? Uh, should I decide to quit a job or take a job? Should I decide to confront a parent or a friend on an issue? Should I decide to get baptized, to lead a Bible study, uh, or, or wait for another time? Uh, should I decide to share my faith with a close friend? Uh, and, and so we have all these questions where like, should I do it or should I not? Should I go left or should I go right? Should I pick A or should I pick B, right? You guys, you guys with me? And, and, and so we have these moments, right, where we come to these fork in the road uh, um, moments. And, and here's the deal. Uh, oftentimes when we get here, we, we uh, begin to feel anxiety, fear, doubt. What if I make the wrong choice? And, and, and ultimately, uh, oftentimes we find ourselves getting stuck, right? Uh, in the business world, they call this paralysis by analysis, right? You start to make uh, pros and cons lists, and they're like, like uh, 30,000 on the pros list and 30,000 on the cons, and you still can't decide because you want more information. You, you guys with me? Nobody does that, okay? That's just me. <laughs> pros and cons list, right? We, we, uh, we make contingency plans, like we, we think about different options, and, and, and ultimately, we find ourselves stuck. Uh, in the church world, uh, the, it's not paralysis by analysis. It's, uh, let me pray about it 
You guys, you guys ever do that? Like, someone's like, hey, uh, would you be interested in doing it? And they're like, oh, well, let me pray about it. And then you go pray about it for like 30 seconds, and then you just sit on it, and you're waiting for an answer. Like, should I do it, God? And he's like, <laughs> right? And you're like, come on, like, where's the answer? And these fork in the road moments, we find ourselves stuck, not having a clear next step. And, and here's the deal. That brings us to what God wants for us as individuals. And, and, and I'd like to offer this caveat. Uh, God actually wants a lot for us as individuals. And, and you'll find that to be true in the Bible. But, but there's one specific thing that God wants uh, for us as individual people uh, that is uh, incredibly, incredibly helpful in, uh, in understanding what God's will for our life is. And, and, and specifically in, in terms of how do I decide whether I should go left or right uh, when we find ourselves at these fork in the road moments. And and you already have the answer, uh, here's, here's God's will for you is that God wants you to be free to decide, which is kind of a weird idea, right? Like, uh, because usually when we ask the question, uh, God, uh, what should I do about X, Y, and Z, we think the answer is going to be X, Y, or Z, right? Uh, but oftentimes God doesn't give us an answer because what God often wants for us is simply for this, for us to choose, for you to come to a, a significant decision and feel empowered to make a good choice, right? Uh, and, and, uh, and here's how, uh, how I know this. Here's where we see this in the scriptures. And uh, the first, one of the first things that Jesus says he comes to do, he says that God sent him for this reason. He says, God has sent me to proclaim what? Freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free. Uh, so this is Jesus. He, he, he comes uh, into the temple and he starts uh, giving basically a, a message and he says, this is why I've come. It's, I've come to free prisoners and to set the oppressed free. Now, uh, can I just uh, draw your attention to something? Uh, in the Gospels, uh, there, there are no stories where Jesus visits a prison. Do you guys know that? He never visits a prison. So, so does, he, does he fail at his mission of setting prisoners free? No. In fact, uh, what he's pointing out is that there are many things uh, that chain us up, that, that bar us in, that wall us out of, of things that we uh, are supposed to do and keep us from going places that we're supposed to go. And, and what he's saying is this, I, I've come that you would uh, be free, that you'd be released to go to the places uh, that, that are worth going to. Does that make sense? Great. <laughs> and, and here's the deal. Oftentimes, these prisons are, are really our, our circumstances. And now, for example, uh, your, imagine your first school dance, right? You guys, did, how many of you went to a school dance at some point? School dancers? You, you guys are the ones that want to dance better, I can tell, right? Uh, the first school dance, my first school dance was in junior high, seventh grade. Somehow I got asked uh, to the Sadie Hawkins dance. It was amazing. I was like, I didn't expect this, but yes, I'll go. Let's go, right? And then I said yes, and I realized oh shoot, like I can't dance at all, right? <laughs> and it's, that's no good. So you know what happens at a seventh grade dance, or I guess it's middle school dance. Uh, you, you get there and then there's a, a wall, the far wall, and, and it's lined with all of the guys. And then there's four guys dancing, right? And then the rest of us are just like on the wall, like nervously. And, and this is what the, the conversation sounds like. It's like, hey, are you gonna dance? No. Are you? I'll do it if you do it, right? And it's like this, this thing, right? we're like, no, and, and, and what is happening there, right? We, we often get, I mean, we often get chained up uh, by, by uh, the fear of what other people think of us, do we not? 
And for me, at my, my first school dance, uh, I was paralyzed in prison by the fear that, man, somebody would make fun of me, that someone would look down on me. And, and, and so I just stood on the sidelines while my Sadie Hawkins date danced without me. And guess what? She didn't ask me to the next year's Sadie Hawkins dance. It's a sad thing, right? Anyway, <laughs> but, but here's the deal. Man, our, man we find ourselves being, being chained up and, and sort of stuck uh, in life. And, and there's so many examples of this, right? Uh, money can be a cage, right? We think, I could never afford that, so I guess I can't do it. Or, uh, or, or this one, right? Lack of experience is a prison. Right? We think, I've never done that before. I'd probably fail now if I tried. Or, uh, or you have a danger, it becomes like a straight jacket, right? That's too risky. What if I get hurt? What, what, man, what if I never recover, right? Like we, 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 we step back and we, 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 we don't move forward because we're afraid of getting hurt. Or uh, even, this is a kind of a crazy one, even our own desires can be a prison, right? Like the thing that we want the most, uh, it, it becomes this thing that we can't say no to, Right? And, and, and so we, we feel compelled to go somewhere even though we know it's going to be really bad for us. Have you ever been there, right? And, and we find ourselves chained up. And so Jesus, he says, I've come to set you free from the things that imprison you. I want you to be free to choose. I mean, even, even people, uh, even people can, can sort of chain us up, right? Like you think, uh, man, how... Uh, um, your need uh, to, to, to please a parent can keep you from doing the thing that you really dream of doing, right? Or the expectation of a friend. Or, or, uh, or, or even um, a jealous boyfriend keeping you from having healthy relationships. And Jesus says, listen, I, I want you to feel free and empowered to choose, to say yes, to move forward. Now, wouldn't that be amazing if we felt free and empowered to move forward like we actually had a choice, that we, we, we actually had two options. We didn't have to go one way. Now, uh, you, you may be thinking, well, uh, you, you're saying that God wants uh, uh, us to be free as individuals, to be free to choose, but it really seems like the Bible's full of a lot of rules and regulations and laws and commands, like you better do this or else you get this, right? You guys with me, right? Like, and and, and it's, it's like, how do those things go together. And, and can I just say, this, this idea alone uh, is probably worth your time. Uh, it, it's, it's one that's uh, been so revolutionary in my own life. Uh, because, uh, and here, here's where I get this idea. It's, it's in uh, 2 Peter 2.16. Just check this out. He says this, live as people who are free, uh, not using, and circle that word using on your, your outline, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. In other words, he says pretty plainly, Man, I want you to live as free people, and I want you to have the power to choose. I mean, that's what freedom really is. It's the, the ability to choose for yourself between uh, multiple options. He says, I want you to live as free people, and he says this, not using your freedom. In, in other words, freedom is a tool that you can use properly or improperly, right? Freedom is like a, a hammer that you can uh, build something to bless people, or you can build something to wall yourself in. And he says, uh, I've given you the freedom to do the right thing or the wrong thing, uh, and, and I'm, I'm going to allow you to make that choice. And, and, and my desire is, is that you would have all of the information to make a good one, right? To make uh, the best choice. And he says, uh, here's, I mean, here's the, the secret is, man, use your freedom to serve the purposes of God in your life. 
Uh, man, things like a building community, of sharing good news with people, of, of serving people uh, in, in need, of, of worshiping God with your whole heart, right? Like th- these are the things he says, hey, hey, use your freedom to do these, these things. Choose these things. These things lead to life. Pretty, pretty crazy, right? So he says, I-, I want you to choose, and I want you to have all of the information so that you can choose things that are actually good for you. Does that make sense? And so when we come to these fork-in-the-road moments, when we come to these, these things that make us feel anxious and, and afraid, uh, God says, hey, listen, I, I, just, I just want you to choose something, and, and I want you to trust that, man, that I'm going to walk with you whether you go the right way or the wrong way. And, and, and it's a funny thing, right, because uh, maybe you've been a Christian for a while, or maybe uh, you're thinking about becoming a, Christ, becoming a Christian, but this just doesn't make a whole lot of sense because... Oftentimes, we, ha- we come to these, these decision points, and it doesn't actually feel like we have a choice. You ever feel like that? Somebody gives you a choice, but you don't actually feel like it's a choice at all? Like, that's a terrible option, and that's a great option. What kind of choice is that? But one of the things that I think is so interesting, Jesus says about freedom, he says this. It's, it didn't make sense to me before uh, this week, but, but he says this in, in John chapter 8, verse 36. He says, therefore, and he's talking about himself, if the Son sets you free, you really will be free. You really will be free. And, and here's what's interesting to me. He says, uh, you really will. In other words, uh, I know you don't feel free now, uh, but, but I've set you free and you will be free. Uh, so so here, here's what I mean. Uh, there are, are times when God has unlocked the, the cage, right, where he's broken the chain, where he's given us an actual choice, uh, but but we, uh, we have not learned what it means to, to live as free people. Uh, and and it's, it's one of those things, it's so, it's so funny how uh, uh, you, can, you can have a choice and feel like it's not a choice. And Jesus says, uh, sometimes, man, it, it takes time to get used to being a free person. And, and could it be that, uh, uh, that God wants you to grow and your ability to, to choose uh, uh, between those fork in the road moments. Like, could it be that, that God wants you to be uh, more free uh, to, uh, to, to choose quickly left or right instead of being stuck in the same place for years? That, that God wants you to grow in the freedom that he's promised to give you. Does that make sense? And, and, uh, and tonight, I, I'd like to uh, sort of explore that idea. But before I do, there's, there's a sort of uh, idea that I think is helpful to, to pause on, and, it, and it's this. Uh, because what if, what if God really does have something that I'm supposed to do specifically, right? Like, like uh, if you've been at church for a while, you, you probably heard stories about God showing up, appearing, and telling, telling somebody to go there or talk to that person or, or do this miracle, right? Or uh, an angel shows up and he's like, you're going to have a baby, right? Like, you guys know that story? Okay, Christmas story. Uh, and, and, and so, like, God, God calls people to specific things, and you're like, but what if, he, what if he's, like, trying to tell me something and I, and I miss it, Right? Like, what, what if there is a specific path and I go down the wrong one? I, like, I can't go back. What, like, what then, right? Like, what if I, I make, make a mistake? And, and, and here's the thing, is that uh, God gives people specific directions uh, actually pretty uh, irregularly. Like, it's, it's, a, it's kind of an unusual thing. Uh, and they're not actually that specific, uh, and here's why. Uh, here's the idea, and then I'll give you the example. Uh, it, God wants us to, to be free to choose, and, and here's, here's the deal. Uh, God actually isn't interested in micromanaging your life. Uh, God, we won't micromanage 
your life. Because ultimately what God wants for you is for you to be empowered to choose and to choose things that are good for you. Uh, for you to make your own choices. Uh, and micromanage, uh, micromanaging is when uh, someone tells you where to go and then they tell you exactly how to get there. Uh, but, but God, when he gives you a specific direction, uh, he, he really sets your course. He tells you where to go and he says, uh, you, you choose how you'd like to get there. This is often how God works. In fact, here's a few examples. The, the, first, piece pers- uh, the first people in the Bible that get uh, um, a God's will directive uh, are, uh, do you guys know who the first people are? Adam and Eve. You guys are so good at this, right? Adam and Eve. Do you guys remember what their uh, specific, God, this is God's will for your life directive is? Don't eat, don't eat from a tree and be fruitful and multiply. Can you imagine, right? This is like, God's like, this is what I want you to do. This is my will for your life. Be fruitful and multiply. And, and Eve is like, Right? She's like, how many kids do I have to have? Like, what do you, like, what do you mean? Like, be fruitful and multiply? But you get, do you see my point? Like, God doesn't say you need to have 100 kids, Eve. Like, and if you don't, then you're out of my will. No good. Get out of here, right? Like, that's not what he says. Like, can you imagine how, like, how cruel and, like, controlling that is? You see, God may be in control, but he's not controlling. And so he says, hey, hey, be fruitful and multiply. And you decide what that looks like. Now, in fact, God actually says something similar to us as believers. Uh, he, he says in, in Romans 7, uh, verse 4, he says uh, that God, uh, it, the Bible says that God saves us so that we can bear the fruits of the Spirit. Isn't that interesting? Like, which fruits? Joy? That one sounds good, right? Like, love, peace? Like, like how much? Where should, I, where should I do? Where should I be at peace, right? Like, uh, should, I, should I be at peace there or there? And he's like, you choose. Yeah, left, right, it's all good. Bear fruit's there. You, you guys see what I mean? And it's, it's, so, uh, it's so cool. Like, uh, we went and we scouted uh, the spring break trip spots uh, on Tuesday, me and Tomas and Jordan. And it was so, it was so uh, cool because, like, uh, we, we just laughed the entire day. It was, it was awesome. Even when we were stuck in traffic for three hours on the grapevine, uh, and I had to pee so bad, but we, there's nowhere to stop. Right? Too much information. Sorry. Okay. But, like, uh, like we're just laughing, laughing our heads off. And, and, and here, now, just imagine, right? Like, God wants us to enjoy one another's company. The, the Bible says, uh, man, to, to be in fellowship with one another, uh, to, uh, to love one another. Uh, and, and, uh, and can you imagine, right, if, if in the car ride, uh, God's directive to us was, uh, hey, I want you to laugh a lot on this trip. Uh, and and, and his, his way of, of having us laugh a lot was by giving us knock-knock jokes one at a time. <laughs> like, and we're just waiting for knock-knock jokes. God, what's the next knock-knock joke? Knock-knock. I don't actually have one. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't think of one. But, uh, but like, that's not how God, he's not like, we're not waiting for God to download us the next thing we're supposed to say. Like God says, hey, be joyful. Man, be at peace, enjoy one another's company, love one another, right? And, and can you imagine if God uh, uh, directed every decision that we made? That'd be no fun. There'd be no creativity, right? Like we'd just be waiting and regurgitating, and yet God's desire for your life is that and you would be free to choose, that you'd be free to go left or right, and, and that you, as you, would become, as you become mature and complete in him, that you would make great choices. And there's more than one great choice. Now, can I give you another example? Just one more. You guys, you guys ever that? So you got uh, Abraham, 
He gets a, a specific directive. It's pretty specific. You guys, do you remember what it is? He says, uh, uh, Abraham, go to the land that I will show you. He's like, oh, over there, that way, right? I'll show you when you get there. <laughs> that's so, that's like one of the specific directives, the, the specific God's will for your life is, go over there, right? Like, can you imagine? Like, God's like, hey, hey, go over there, right? Think about it this way. Uh, uh, God's like, hey, go to Fresno State. Do you know how many ways you can get to Fresno State from here? Like, there's the direct routes, like uh, Hernan to Cedar, uh, Barstow uh, to, to Cedar, like, and then, and then there's like weaving through every neighborhood or, or driving to 180 down, stopping at uh, King's Canyon Boulevard and then coming back around. Like you could go so many, like hundreds of thousands of routes to Fresno State. You guys with me? And, 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 uh, and God's like, hey, go to the land I'll show you. And he's like, which way? And he's like, eh, you choose, right? Like this, this is, man, this is how God calls us. He's, he's not so concerned with micromanaging your life. He, he, he wants to, to set you on a trajectory that's healthy, and, and he wants you to, uh, to enjoy the process. And, and he wants you to live growing in freedom, empowered to make good choices. Now, here's the problem. When we talk about God's will, uh, we often turn it upside down. We ask, what's God's will, will for me in this specific situation? And we ignore what, what God's will is for us as, as people, uh, to belong to his family. And, and we ignore what God says he wants from us as believers to become more like Christ, to become mature and complete. And, and, and then we find ourselves ill-equipped to make good decisions. And so the next decision gets harder to make because you, you come to the fork of the road moment and, and when you make a bad choice and it, it leads to uh, um, brokenness and, and uh, uh, a place that you never wanted to be, uh, you think, well, I can't make good choices, so I better not. I, I better wait for God to, to tell me what to do next so that I don't go the wrong way. And what God wants for you is, man, I want you to belong to my family. I want you to let me teach you and grow you. And, and, and I want to get my word in your heart so that when you come to the fork in the road moment, you would just, you would have all the information you need to make a good choice. Could it be that, that oftentimes we get stuck and paralyzed not because uh, God isn't speaking uh, clearly about what we should do, but because we have not been listening the weeks before, the months before, the years before. And, and that, man, God's will for our life begins with belonging. Man, it, it, it uh, continues with allowing him to, to make us become something different, something whole. And, and, and then uh, allowing... Uh, uh, him to, to say, hey, I trust you. You make the decision. I'll be with you even if you, you botch it, right? And, it, and it's an amazing thing. Now, uh, it, it might be worth uh, just um, giving you a few examples of what this might look like, how, how God actually frees us. So uh, could I give you four things? I know it says three things, but four things. Uh, four, four biblical expressions of freedom. Just cross out the three, put the four, and we'll, we'll be good to go. Oh, does it? They fixed it for me. That's amazing. It says three on the thing. I'll, I'll cross it out later. But uh, <laughs> uh, you guys are awesome. So thanks for being gracious. Lots of hiccups tonight. But uh, man, there's man. God, the Bible has so much to say about what God uh, frees us for and to and from, and uh, and it's amazing. And the first thing is is this, and this maybe is self-explanatory because God wants all people to belong. But but it's worth reiterating uh, that that Jesus ultimately He frees us to approach God. Jesus frees us to approach God. And you're like, 
why do I need to be free to approach God? I don't have a problem with that. Uh, but, but guess what? Uh, actually, most of us do have a problem with approaching God. Uh, it, it's hard to approach God. We, uh, we, we get distracted. Uh, we feel unworthy. Uh, uh, we, we don't know uh, if we're hearing him or we're just talking to ourselves. And, 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 and so, man, we need someone to, to, to free us to approach God. Uh, I don't know if you, you've uh, had this experience, but I meet people all the time who say something like this, right? They say, well, I'm not really a church person. I've never been a church person. Or they say, I used to go to church, but I'm not really a church person anymore. You ever meet somebody like that? Not a church person? And, and if you dig down deeper, usually what you find is, is that they, they think they're not a church person because they think the church doesn't want them there. Uh, because they've heard someone say, uh, hey, hey if, you, if you live with uh, your, your girlfriend, then uh, man, you're living in sin, right? And they think, oh, I'm doing the wrong thing. Or, uh, hey, if you, uh, um, if you get drunk, you know, then you're, you're sinning against God, or uh, man, if you're, if you're a liar, then man, that's a sin, right? And, and they, hear, they hear the word sin, and they think, well, I probably am a sinner, and I probably shouldn't be at church, right? And, and yet, uh, the Bible tells us that, that we don't approach God because of our, our good deeds or our merits. We, uh, we're able to approach God because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. And, and so when, when someone says, I'm not really a church person, what they're saying is, I don't think I'm good enough to be at church, and, and, and oftentimes, man, we find ourselves doing this in our, own, uh, in our own sort of walks with God. We say, yeah, I mean, but I've really been screwing up lately. So uh, probably, you probably won't hear my prayer. Or uh, I've really been screwing up lately, and I, I just don't want to be, be judged again, you know. And, 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 and this is the crazy thing is that, that God is like, man, I just want you to be free. I want you to understand that, that Jesus came to free you from that so you could approach and here's one verse. There's two on the sheet, but we'll read one. Check this out. It says in Ephesians 3.12, it says, In him, in Jesus, and through faith in him, trusting him, believing him, we may approach God with what? With freedom and confidence. Not just with, with freedom, but, but with confidence. We're like, hey, what's up, Jesus? Like, we're good, right? Like, I'm not worried that you're going to give me the smackdown because he, he's already died for your mistakes. You're like, if he's willing to die for me, he's probably willing to forgive me, right? Like, that's the point, right? It's just, I mean, we have this confidence that, that we, we're free to approach God because of Jesus. When we trust in Jesus, we know that we can approach God. Here's the second thing. Uh, that that I mean, God frees us from sin's power, guilt, and shame. I know that's a mouthful, but, but Jesus frees us from sin's power and, and guilt and, and shame. And I love this verse, and, and, and you can leave the, the fill-ins up there. I'll just read it to you. But I love this verse. It says in Romans 6.22, it says, but, but now that... You found you don't have to listen to sin tell you what to do, and have discovered the delight of listening to God telling you, uh, telling you what to do. What a surprise! In other words, he's saying, uh, "Hey, you you used to think that you had to listen to sin, like that was the voice that you had to listen to, that that you didn't have a choice." And, and uh, you ever felt that way? Like you just like uh, you feel like you have to. Like for example, uh, you. you uh, you know that if you don't get an A on the next test, you're going to fail out of college, right? And you know that uh, you've slacked off so much that the only way that you're going to pass is if you cheat, right? And, and you think, uh, man, my only option is uh, cheat because failure is not an option, right? Like my parents are going to kick me out. Like they're going to cut me off. Like no cell phone, like, uh, right? Like it's just those are, those are serious threats, are they not? And, and yet, uh, Jesus, he, he frees us from sin's power. He says, hey, no, 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 
even if you get kicked out of school, I am with you, and I will help you, and I will redeem uh, this laziness. I mean, I'll change you. I'll grow you. Isn't that so cool? That's what he's saying. You don't, you don't actually have to listen to that, that lie that says, if, uh, if I fail, then I'm out, so I have to cheat. You guys, you guys with me? And we do this in so many ways, right? We, we, we think that it's our only option because we, we don't want to experience the consequences of the failure or the sin or the, the missing out. Uh, and, um, and more than that, I think a lot of the times we get, we get trapped and, and just are, are feeling unworthy, right? Uh, feeling not good enough feeling like we can't approach God. And, and the Bible says this. It says in Acts 13, 38, it says, Therefore, my friends, my friends, I, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from, and I love this, every sin. In, in other words, uh, there is nothing that you can do uh, that would exclude you from God's blessing and his grace and his help and his kindness, and yet so often we live as slaves still to our sin, the guilt and the shame that sin brings on us, right? We think, oh man, I could never tell somebody that because they'd kick me out, right? Or they'd want nothing to do with me. But, but Jesus says, uh, no, 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 my, my forgiveness is complete and it's whole, uh, uh, which means that you have options, right? That you, you don't actually have to choose the wrong thing because it produces uh, a better uh, short-term result. Uh, you guys ready? The last, the last two. Here's the here's the third thing. Uh, Jesus frees us from the fear of failure, uh, and. Um, I would just say it this way. My, my, uh, my dad has worked at Valley Children's Hospital for 30 years. He just retired. He's working uh, per diem now. And uh, for years, he said this, and, um, and I, it always, like, kind of made me uncomfortable. He, he said this. He said, uh, our, our goal at the hospital is to, to eliminate uh, all fatal errors. And do, do you know any, any medical people, you know what I'm talking about, right? The goal, like, they, and he said, man, we know we're going to make mistakes, and we know that we're, we're going uh, uh, to make mistakes, but we want to make sure that the mistakes we make don't kill anybody. Isn't that crazy? Like, that's what they think in hospitals, right? Because they recognize that we're not perfect as people, uh, that, that, man, uh, when you work 12 hours and you're, you're doing a complicated math and, and people are very sick, that you can make mistakes uh, that, that can really hurt people. And he says, uh, our, 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 uh, one of our highest goals is that we, we, we eliminate all fatal mistakes, you know uh, that that's actually a really perfect picture of the gospel, of what happens when we believe in Jesus. The Bible says that we are more than conquerors through him who saved us, right? And, and, and here, here's, here's the good news, right, is that uh, when you trust your life to Jesus, there are actually no fatal errors. There are, there are no things that will keep you from having a do-over, uh, even things that kill you, right? Because Jesus says that, man, uh, we share in his resurrection. Pretty, pretty neat, right? Like hard to believe, but pretty, pretty neat. Like you guys, you guys don't think that's neat? That's so cool, right? <laughs> anyway, no fatal errors. And so, man, we have, we have this ability to, uh, to try things, knowing that even if we fail, he can redeem them. You guys, can you imagine uh, if, uh, if you were completely uh, willing to fail at anything. Like, do you know how easy it would be to try things? 
Imagine, right? Like, like how many things have I not done? Because I'm like, dude, I do not want to fail at this, right? Like, uh, it's, it's, uh, you, did I show you the rope swing video yet? <laughs> okay, I'll show it to you sometime. I don't have it tonight. But, but uh, we had this rope swing we'd, we'd go to, and it, I was always afraid to go because I have uh, weak chicken arms, right? <laughs> and, and then I could never tuck my legs enough, so I'd always, like, get halfway down and, like, fall in the mud. <laughs> and, uh, but, like, so I was always afraid that I was going to fail because mud face is no fun. But, but can, you ima- can you imagine, like, if we, were, we weren't afraid of the rope swings, like, the metaphorical rope swings, like, and how, and how many cool experiences we, we had. In fact, uh, the rope swing video is, like, one of my favorite videos now. It's hilarious. It's so good. It's just, woo, mud. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> that was... That's extra. Anyway, but Jesus frees us from the fear of failure. And, and what you find is, man, as, as believers become more mature and more, more complete, and, and, and as they become more like Jesus, uh, they're just willing to try things because failure is n- not fatal. It's not fatal. You can try something. It's cool. Man, what would it look like if we were a group that was just like, try anything? Man, we would have a lot more fun together, that's for sure. Like, woo. It's like, it's good. We've got a, we got a first aid kit. Anyway, uh, here's the last thing. I uh, got off, off the tracks there for, for sure. But, uh, and this is, this is awesome. Uh, number four, Jesus frees us to make loving choices. He frees us to make loving choices. And, uh, and ultimately, uh, when, we, when we find ourselves at fork in the road moments, uh, what we're worried about is, is that if we go the wrong way, that it will be wasted, that we'll waste an opportunity Right, that, that's one of the things that paralyzes us more than anything when it comes to, to knowing God's will or knowing what the right thing to do is, right? Like, we're like, man, if I go this way and it's the wrong thing, maybe, maybe it's a waste. And, and can I just tell you that, that love is never a waste. If, man, if you've loved well and you've been loved, uh, then, man, you know this is true. Those are the moments that you cherish. Those are the moments that you remember. Those are the moments that, that make you tear up and wa- get the watery eyes and the, the, the happy sniffles. You guys... You know the happy sniffles, right? Like, th- these are the moments. Jesus frees us to make loving choices. And, and here's just one more scripture uh, as, we, as we go. It says, uh, for you, this is Galatians 5, it says, for you have been called to live in freedom, uh, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. In other words, uh, don't live selfishly. Uh, don't just try and get, don't, don't make choices that get you something. Uh, because, and, and here's why. Because those are always wasted choices, Right? The things you consume are, are as temporary as anything. He says, don't, don't, uh, don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, he says this, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. You see, uh, man, God's desire is that you would be free to choose, to choose to love people. Because, man, love never fails or love never ends. And, and, man, if you want to, uh, to go down a path that's always worthwhile, man, then, then go down a path where, where you know you can love someone well. It, it's a game changer. This is really what Jesus is all about. If you look at his life, he's just loving people, like, as he's, as he's going to the cross. He's just loving people, like, boom, you're healed. Boom, you're hugged, right? Like, <laughs> boom, you're encouraged, right? Like, boom, you're corrected because you, you're a hosebagger, right? Like, he's loving people with the truth, right? And, and, and Jesus, all along the way, he's like, hey, I, I want you to become mature and complete and lacking nothing. And you cannot become mature and complete lacking nothing if you, if you, if you don't go with this in mind. I want to love people well. And, and c- could it be that, that the choice that you have to make tonight, 
uh, is one in which you can, you can love people either way. And, and if it is, man, how empowering is that? To know that, that it, even, man, even if it's difficult, even if the other option was easier, it's not wasted because, man, love never ends. It's always worthwhile. It, it's the thing that makes your eyes water and you, 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 you get the joy sniffles. It's amazing. It's amazing. I don't know where the idea of joy sniffles, but, but, but here's, here's my, um, my challenge to you is this. Is there something that you have been unwilling to decide to do uh, because you're just afraid that you're going to make the wrong choice? And, and could it be that, that, uh, that God has not told you where to go because he trusts you to choose well? That, that, that he, he, he'll be with you even if you don't. That, that it's better to move than to stay where you are. And, and, uh, and, man, ultimately, this is God's will for you as an individual, that you would be free and empowered to choose. Man, and as you move, you, you'll experience God's grace and his truth and his hope and his life uh, as you belong to his family and you allow him to transform you. And, and, uh, and so tonight, uh, man, I'd love to pray that God would be speaking to those, those things that you're, that you're feeling indecision about. Because uh, what would it look like, right, if we all moved, if we were all making moves, as it were, be, be amazing, man. We'd, we'd, be, we'd be changing the game daily. And so, uh, so tonight we're going to sing one more time. We have, we have one more, like, special, special thing that's going to be coming up here in just 30 seconds. Uh, and, uh, um, but uh, let me pray for us, and then we'll, we'll continue on. Sound good? Father God, thank you so much. Uh, that, that it's your will that we would uh, live in freedom, uh, the freedom of, of uh, knowing your spirit, of, of walking with you, of knowing that your grace is sufficient. Uh, God, that you'll help us to make good decisions and, and, and you'll care for us when we don't. Uh, God, I pray for those people here tonight who, who have just been wrestling with a fork in the road moment. God, would you give them courage and boldness uh, to, to step forward, uh, uh, to make a decision, knowing that, man, that's your desire for them. Uh, that they wouldn't be afraid uh, of going the wrong way. Instead, uh, they'd be confident that, that you'll, you'll carry them when they fall uh, and that you'll bless them uh, when they go the right way. God, thank you for the way you love us. God, I pray that you would uh, give us great hope and encouragement as we go. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Oh,